0: Yeah, and welcome back to another unbelievably exciting episode of On Stage, Off Stage. My name is George Sapio, and today's guest is Associate Professor from Ithaca College's Department of Theatre Arts, Cynthia Henderson. A professional actor since 1985, she has been trotting the boards and plying her trade in the United States, Europe, and Africa, and as of now, Asia. She is the founder of the Performing Arts for Social Change which is a strategic initiative of the Center for Transformative Action at Cornell University. Her work in the area of social justice has earned her the College Student Personnel Association of New York State's award for outstanding contribution to social justice. She was also cited at the 2008 New York State Women's Expo as one of the 20 outstanding women you should know in central New York. In 2003, she was awarded a Fulbright to do research on theater for social development and teach at the University of Yaoundé in Cameroon, Africa. And she just got back from a seven-week jaunt to Beijing, China, where she was working with the Beijing New Oriental School, doing English prep teaching full English immersion using David Auburn's Pulitzer Prize-winning play, Proof. Her directing credits for Ithaca College include, among others, Plumfield, Iraq, The Exonerated, Burn This, and the Colored Museum. We're very glad to welcome her to On Stage, Off Stage.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: Uh, we're doing great so far. How's yourself?
1: I am getting over the flu, so please forgive my little scratchy voice. But I am great otherwise. I'm running around directing and teaching Zumba and everything else. So
0: let's <laughs> start with. Uh, well, let's start with what's current. The work you're directing for Ithaca College for this October. Fires in the Mirror, Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and Other Identities, written by legendary Anna Devere Smith. Um, It's a winner of a Drama Logue Award, an Obie Award, Drama Desk Award, nominated for a Pulitzer in 93. I want to get into the subject matter in just a second, but I want to talk about the structure of the play itself. I mean, normally... When we start talking about uh, uh, play structure, we think of, you know, the usual uh, equilibrium, exciting incident, right. uh, point of attack, rising action, all the way right. through to new equilibrium. How does Fires in the Mirror fit that mold or does it fit that mold?
1: Um, it, it doesn't really fit that mold because uh, Fires in the Mirror is a series of interviews Anna went out and she interviewed um each of these people and all of the characters in this play are real people who uh for in some way or another uh was affected by the Crown Heights riot and um so she, uh it's it's I wouldn't even call it episodic we we tell the story via the the interviews that that she gathered um, now the interviews are not in the order that she uh, got the interviews. I mean, right. she put them in a dramatic. She created the dramatic structure with the interview, so the interviews tell the story of what happened in Crown Heights. Um, there are twenty-six characters in the play. Now, originally, this was a one-a uh, one-woman show, and um, she was. Fabulous in it if I didn't get to see her perform it live, but I did see the film version of it There is a film version of fires in the mirror.
0: I encourage everybody to run out and go rent that
1: right now. Yes, please do um, She's incomparable um, but because we are a teaching institution um, I actually wrote her and told her that I was going to have to split the roles up uh, amongst students, and I just wanted her thoughts on it. And she gave me a wonderful idea that I did a variation on. She wrote me back, really sweet woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote me back and suggested that I put the names of all the characters in a in a hat. And when I cast my, when I get my cast together, have them pull the names out of the hat. And they will play play it that way.
0: Um, w- w- without regard to race gender race gender any, anything well, you
1: know in keeping with the the whole the feel of the one woman show yeah. now i i didn't fully do that because again i am taking into account uh the varying um uh performance abilities of the students that i'm working with but mm-hmm. i did mix up some of the genders and um so i have 13 actors playing these 26 characters in this play, and um, I'm really quite proud of them. They've stepped up to the plate. They are keeping in mind, because a great deal of research went into this, sure because right, yeah. one of the big things I say to them is that these are real people, and mm-hmm. a few of them have actually spoken at Cornell University. They've been, people here in Ithaca may right. know some of these people. Leonard Jeffries spoke at Cornell University. Sure, yeah. Wasn't
0: Angela Davis here not yes, too long she ago, was. too? Yes, yeah.
1: she was here as well. So there are people who know these people. So right. there's, that's a daunting task for a student to take on. But it's been done before because with the exonerated, um, those are real people. And actually, I remember one of the exonerees. Came here to see the play mm-hmm. and yeah. speak at the play, so we, our students are pretty, you know. They
0: I can testify, having seen many years of Ithaca College student, you know, student cast productions, yeah. that these kids consistently knock it out of the park. Ithaca mm-hmm. College has got one of the, one of the better, you know, theatrical programs known. Yes, so.
1: we are. We are. We are. Um, we are a a, a well considered program in the nation for theater training and. Um, these students step up to the plate. It's really quite wonderful watching them work.
0: Well, we're going to see them work in a few days. This yes. Is, yeah. I've, I've heard the term docudrama used to describe this play. Yes. Um, and I've also heard uh, comparisons to other similar works, especially by Motius Kaufman, who did Laramie Project mm-hmm. and Three Trials of Oscar Wilde. Are there similarities?
1: There are similarities because, again, these plays are all based on interviews. um that were conducted now the thing with fires in the mirror um and i I can't attest to that for the other place because I haven't done the research with the other place, but with fires in the mirrors, these are edited but literal translations you know these are the this, this is literally what these people said every um uh hesitation, loss of thought process it's all written in the play, so this is what these people said.
0: Are, who are these people?
1: Okay, we have um Leonard Jeffries, Letty Cotton, um, we have Rabbi Shea Hecht, um, we have of uh, we have Al Sharpton. He is Who's been head.
0: on the scene for many, many years. Yes,
1: he has. And um he was actually quite a challenge for the young man playing him because you have to be careful. You don't want to turn the characters into a caricature. Sure, and so. in yeah. some ways, uh, Al Sharpton has turned himself yes. into Angela a character. Yes. So yeah. it's like, how do we uh, approach this with integrity and not make fun of someone who almost makes fun of themselves? Right. So uh, we have Angela Davis, of course. We have Ntozaka Shange. Mm. Um We have some anonymous people, people who did not want to give their names, but they give beautiful, uh, poignant insight into what happened. One is called the anonymous young man one, and he was an eyewitness and was actually arrested for beating up the man that hit the little boy that died. Um, There's an interview with him. Um, I could go through the whole list if you sure, want me to it, it's uh, th-
0: okay. the list is extensive is as, as extensive list. 26 characters.
1: Yeah, and we do hear from the father of the deceased okay. child as well and Yankel Rosenbaum's brother okay. so yeah. yeah, and the beauty of this play is that she she makes a Wonderful attempt at and she and she succeeds at allowing us to hear both sides of the story so as a director, I don't take sides, well, yeah. you know, but I, I have a feeling there are members of the audience who will, you know, take a side because both sides present their arguments with such passion.
0: It's a highly emotional piece mm-hmm. and emotional. it strikes at the very core of emotional responses to a, a tragedy like this, especially mm-hmm. with... Race relations, which is always uh, such a tender, horrible subject to get into. Um, I want to touch just a little bit more on one of your characters. I mean, Al Sharpton's been around for years.
1: Yes, and he's still around. MSNBC, he's there. Uh, Being Al. Being
0: (laughs) being a much thinner version of Al than he was. A
1: much thinner version of Al, yes.
0: So you've got your students who were not born when this happened. Exactly. And... You've got to communicate the essence of a character. So you've got these extremely famous people that mm-hmm. you know, older folks like me, all right, know and have been around for years. How do you get that across? Do you have them do research. Do you do you make them require that they they watch videos, or or how do you go about that?
1: Well, they they have done an extensive amount of research. I've done research as well, but um, before the first rehearsal after the cast list goes up they already they the 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 note goes out come in with research and we begin to talk about these people Mm -hmm. Um, during a one-on-one rehearsal with the young lady who's playing Angela Davis we you know I one of the things that she hadn't really grasped but we finally locked into with her is that this is going on and Angela's speaking in a roundabout way, she's speaking Mm -hmm. about the Crown Heights situation, and I told her, as you go through this piece, remember, Angela has gone to jail, you know, to further race relations. She has dedicated her entire life, and this is still going on, and she hit a point where it was quite lovely to behold. The work that she started to do when she started to think in terms of this woman has dedicated her entire adult life to the furtherance of race relations in this country Mm. and these things are still going on so they do the research and then we have the one-on-one rehearsals where we really get to get in depth and talk about who these people are uh, how they've you know how they have dedicated their lives even if it's a Simil- if, if it's something of a, a a need to separate the races, if that's what they're fighting for, because we have people who sure, yeah. are advocating for the separation of the races exactly. in this yes. play.
0: We, we've heard the argument for years and um, years. And years. I mean, did yes. any of the students relate any of their own personal experiences when it comes to the core matter on this? Uh, um, uh, was was there anything in their own lives that they could touch? They could touch upon.
1: Actually, for some of them, no. And for some of them, um, yes and no. One young woman, she's playing a uh, Rivka. She's playing a Lubavitcher woman. Okay. Yeah. She, she decided to go to Crown Heights and talk to people. You know, wow. she's 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 a Jewish girl, right. and she went to Crown Heights to talk to people, and she came back with a new understanding, not just of the situation in Crown Heights, mm-hmm. but of of her own people
0: this is twenty two years later yes, it is. wow and she found people who were who and were there who, at the time
1: and... who who could talk to her she did some beautiful work uh one of the young men he's playing Rabbi Shea hecht mm-hmm. he's had a wonderful phone conversation with him That's incredible. these kids...
0: may I suggest you give them all a's uh,
1: well you know i'm I'm <laughs> leaning in that direction okay. um but yes he talked to the rabbi and he said that. You know, he's a very persuasive man, Mm -hmm. but he also, you know, trying to be, you know, a mindful actor, a mindful artist, also recognized things that he left out, things that he didn't say, things that he didn't own, but he also got a sense of how much he cares about his community as well. So he began to work with that conflict that the rabbi must have had as he was, championing mm-hmm. and, and speaking out for his own community wow. but also leaving out things on purpose yeah. Yeah. purposefully leaving things out in the way that he spoke to him so um that's a, i mean
0: that's a conversation i would have loved to have heard
1: oh me too
0: <laughs> <laughs> as long as we're here and we're talking about the mean, let's let's segue into into the the background of the play at yes. this particular point new york city yes august Mm -hmm. 1991 i don't have the weather forecast in front of me but i grew up in new york and i knew it had hot okay (laughs) and as usual the heat makes you a little bit crazy a little bit easier to 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 annoy to start something you got to be careful um i
1: had just left new york a few maybe a year before mm. the riot i was in germany when okay. the riot occurred, yeah. um, and, um, but I had lived in New York, so it, it gets volatile. Sure. I mean, oh, yeah. I lived in, um, I lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I actually, I, I know what a lot of that is about. My, my interactions though were with the Brooklyn Italian community and the African American community right. and the la- Latino community and the, the issues you know, going back and forth oh, there and sure, the yeah. in the conflicts people were having there. I remember walking down the street, um, I had been dating this Brooklyn Italian and another young man I won't uh we'll call him Bango. That's what okay. you know, we'll just call him Bango. That's Bangles. what they called him. Good, yeah. You know, that was his nickname, Bango. And he's a friend of the guy I was with. And I'm walking down the street, and one of his Italian friends goes, "Yo, look at that, look at that ha huh? what's up with that mooly? And he goes, "So you know he calls he calls you a mooly." So I got up and I like I poached him in the face. I was like, "No, you don't call her that. that's my friend's girl, you know, but it was that type of energy right. in New York where yeah. you know there was always that little bit of hostility
0: there, there were always neighborhoods, yeah, and there were always i mean I, I grew up in the Bronx, yeah. I grew up in a in, in a in a Irish neighborhood. Yep. We had Jewish folks up in Riverdale. We had the African American Hispanic folks down by two thirtieth to two, you know, two thirty eighth, that sort yep. of thing.
1: My great aunt lives on two twentieth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there were neighborhoods. It, in our case, it wasn't you, know, you couldn't walk there, yes. but you had to be conscious of where you were. Yes. And who you spoke to and how you spoke to them.
1: Yep.
0: So you know, okay, August summer it's hot tell us what happened
1: well the actual events that occurred and of course there are varying retellings of this of course um uh, one of the rabbis was being escorted through the neighborhood he had his motorcade uh this motorcade i don't believe had a police escort um, they were speeding through the neighborhood mm-hmm. there was uh kids playing on the sidewalk and a little boy was learning to ride his bicycle and one of the cars ran a red light, was hit by an oncoming car, the driver lost control of his car, and went up onto the sidewalk and crushed the little boy on the bicycle. Little
0: boy of what, seven or eight? He
1: was about seven years old. Um, Crushed the little boy uh, hit his cousin as well. No his his sister hit his mm-hmm. sister as well uh, The sister was in critical condition. The little boy was bleeding. He was dying. This
0: is Gavin Cato. This is
1: Gavin Cato. He was dying and um, It gets a little chaotic after that but mm-hmm. um,
0: Testimonies vary upon testimonies exactly vary what happened vary. and the so sequence
1: not to give my spin on it because yeah. I heard about it when I was in Germany Um, so, um, a bunch of people, uh, tried to keep the driver from leaving the area, or so they say, um, ambulance came. um, This is
0: all according to testimony that's been gathered. And as usual, when it comes to testimony from a bunch of different people with specific viewpoints. There is room for error.
1: Thank you. Um, The ambulances came. There are arguments about when ambulances arrived. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some say the city ambulance got there first but didn't have the proper equipment. Some say the city ambulance didn't arrive until after the private Hasidic ambulance arrived. They said upon the arrival of the Hasidic ambulance, which was properly equipped, uh, they did not take care of the little boy they took care of the driver they
0: deliberately pi- bypassed a critically injured child who in was favor bleeding
1: out on the street who was in... he was bleeding out on the street um testimonies state that the hasidic ambulance did not assist a little boy they assisted the driver uh when the uh city ambulance did arrive they weren't properly equipped and we were trying to tend to the little boy. Mm-hmm. They did borrow equipment from the Hasidic Ambulance, but by the time the city ambulance workers were able to uh, get the little boy to the hospital, he had died.
0: Was there anything stating that he could have possibly been saved had medical aid reached him sooner? Or were his injuries too extensive?
1: Um, actually, according to a German paper I read, uh, he could have been saved.
0: Okay, but I'm sure there's debate
1: about that there's also. There's debate about that. I'm only going by the the, the English-written German newspaper that I read when I was in Germany. Um, but th- there's varied debate. Okay. On so, whether that was what wrong.
0: happened after this? We...
1: After that. Um, the Hasidic ambulance did get the uh driver who had been beaten up, they say by passers by and uh the people in the neighborhood said that he had sustained his injuries from the accident, not from them uh mm-hmm. a couple of people were arrested now after that, when the little boy died this the, it erupted it's august it's sure, hot, sure. and people are angry and this Tension had been brewing between these two communities For years.
0: So there was a history of
1: um. history. There was the, uh, the African-American and uh, Caribbean-American community feeling that you know uh, uh, Preferential treatment was given mm-hmm. to the Hasidic yeah. community and things weren't always equitable in the neighborhood so there was always sort of this level of resentment and um, When the when when Gavin Cato died, it erupted. it erupted. Everything went crazy. Everything
0: went crazy. How many days did this last?
1: This lasted uh, over the course of at least three days.
0: Were there any other casualties? Yes,
1: there was. Um, and this was massively unfortunate because there was a young man who had nothing to do with any of this. He was a visiting scholar from Australia, uh, but he's Jewish. And this was during the rioting, right. and he was attacked by a group of uh, a, 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 a group of rioters, right. and they stabbed and killed him. He was taken to the hospital. He didn't die on the scene. He right. was taken to the hospital. It, it, he he doesn't he didn't even live in the neighborhood. He he he. He was
0: completely innocent. Had nothing whatsoever to yeah. do with it, and he just. What, stood out, I guess? Or was in the wrong place? Wrong place, wrong Wrong time. And it
1: was horrible. And unfortunately, we have a history of that in this country. I I have a former classmate when I was in high school, 1984, who was lynched by the KKK. Wrong place, wrong time. He didn't do anything. We have an unfortunate history of that in this country.
0: We do have an extremely unfortunate history of that in this country. And in certain sections of the country... It goes beyond history and becomes doctrine, yeah. and it's it's a sad, sad um, aspect of, uh, of of our situation at this mm-hmm. particular point. Well, some say that this this incident and um, at that time Mayor David Dinkins was accused of mishandling the situation. Um,
1: yeah, this was probably his undoing as mayor. Yeah, that's that's generally yeah. the.
0: Uh, uh, the considered opinion is that it cost him his re-election.
1: Yes, it did. And it's that's another unfortunate. He was the first African-American mayor right. ever elected in the city of New York. Exactly. And he has been the last African-American mayor ever elected in the city of New York. Well, now that we've got
0: an African-American president, I think we're probably going to have a couple more African-American mayors. That'd be kind of nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. A couple of Latinos and Asian-Americans. Let's round this out. Why not? Why not? New York City
0: is the melting pot, isn't it? Well,
1: it it should reflect the rest of the city. That would be nice, you know. And I would say that for the rest of the country
0: as well. I would agree with you on that. Okay, so Anna DeVere Smith walks into this.
1: Brilliant woman question i'm sorry this is a little outburst (laughs) i was a little little moment of outburst because i just have i have i have artistic crush on her
0: (laughs) totally understandable so she walks in and she starts interviewing everybody from uh, people who are there, politicians writers religious leaders intellectuals Mm -hmm. and she puts together fires in the mirror um well she quotes my sense is that The American character lives not in one place or the other, but in the gaps between the places, Mm -hmm. and in our struggle to be together in our differences. And this is immediately applicable to fires in the mirror. Um, What, what is, what do you think she means between in the gaps between the places?
1: The things that it's almost like the true meaning of what you're saying doesn't lie in what you actually say mm-hmm. it's in what's underneath what you say subtext the subtext the underlying meaning of what you say and in between what you say and not not I don't I don't like to consider them pauses I call them silences silences being an absence of words mm-hmm. but not an absence of meaning Absolutely. Yeah. and it's one of the things I teach my actors yes you can say a lot of verbiage but the true meaning lies in how you say it, what's underneath the saying, what your exper- what the experiences are that compel you to say these things. So I think what she may be talking about is that who we are is not always what's on the surface it's it's what's underneath it's what's underneath yeah. it's the it's the energy that goes underneath
0: well i mean speaking totally as as a theatrical geek and a playwright myself mm-hmm. it's subtext yeah. it's what we try and get across without being obvious it's the way we conv- it convey meaning the way we convey intention the way we convey Yeah, tactics, structures, um, strategies, and that sort of thing. Uh, One
1: of the reasons communication is breaking down in this country with all the tweeting and the texting and the... Because how do you know what they really mean? You can only do so many smile icons. Exactly. How do you know what they really mean unless you are looking in that person's eyes, you are listening to how they Mm -hmm. say it, you are listening to uh emotionally the 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 thought process that goes into what they aren 't saying it kind of goes back to what yeah. when the young man had the 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 phone conversation with the rabbi sure, yeah. he said it was what he was leaving out
0: could be quite as remarkable as what he leaves in mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a personal belief you know, that in this day and age, we are bombarded with so much information more so at this time than in any other time previously. And that leads to the tweets, that leads to the you know the the, the four-word postulations on life, the universe, and everything. I, rem- I remember an editor from way back when I worked at People magazine, he remarked that the most valuable part of the magazine was the little section where they had a list of subjects that were current that week and four to 12-word summarizations of those, like conventional wisdom kind of thing, boiled down to the simplest words. And he basically said, "This is the way life is going to move on. We are we are going to ignore details. We are going to get to the quote meat crux of the subject." Yeah. And at that point, I felt a chill because he's right. Yeah, I know. It, but it's we're losing all of the subtext. We're losing all of the human communication. I mean, I'm looking at you, looking at me. We're looking right at each other mm-hmm. at this particular point. Yeah. And I can see the look on your face. You can see the look on my face. Mm-hmm and our listeners can't but between you and I there is an understanding we we know what each other is saying we have an understanding
1: right. well they ought and, and even your listeners though they get a better sense of what's going on just by the way we communicate um the the the, the banter or the moments where I may pause to consider something you know mm-hmm. and and they 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 read the meaning into that based on what comes next and how I say it that's why radio dramas were so successful back in the day. Because again, if you're listening to the full content, so I don't like sound bites.
0: Yeah, they're a little too too simplistic for me. Yeah, I
1: don't like sound bites. And a lot of people have grown dependent on sound bites. I'd like to hear the whole speech.
0: So would I. But again, these days, life is at such a pace and it's Mm -hmm. such a rush and there's so much information between Facebook and everything else that we tell ourselves we don't have time to read the whole speech. Yeah. Okay. All right. As a director, yes. talking about the nuances of communication which is one of the essential parts of your job as a director, urging your students, urging urging your actors to communicate something not just by words but by by blocking, facial expression, movement, lack of movement. You've taken on a play which has 26 characters. Mm-hmm. Is it difficult for you to differentiate between 26 characters and I bring this up only because of its obvious complexity but because I saw you do no child last year which has 16 characters and each one was remarkably distinct I remember whenever you went into a body position I knew who was coming next Mm -hmm. when the voice came out I knew exactly who was talking how do you take that one woman thing that that performance and dress it upon your students how do you keep each one of them distinct
1: well i would say because they're already distinct individuals anyway mm-hmm. the people are and with the 13 students we actually get to flesh them out a little more and um but I I also liken keeping that spirit of the one-woman show. Yeah. There are times when I have the characters not necessarily interacting with each other, but they face each other. It, and it's almost like two people looking in a mirror. Mm-hmm. And they have to deal with what they've just seen. And what happens after that, the next character, what they say, what they do is influenced by what they may have just heard as that last person was leaving, or what they may have just witnessed as they were leaving the stage and the other person was coming on stage. So it's almost like um, personalities Mm -hmm. going past each other and then suddenly picking up something off the other person. And addressing, and I told them that the audience is their other scene partner. So they are speaking straight to the audience, but something has just occurred that brings something to their mind, and then they feel a need to share that with the audience and and try to get the audience. It's, it's, It's a call to action with the audience. What do I want the audience to do? What do I want them to get from what I have to say? And based on what I just heard, well, let me let me let me get you to understand my point of view on this. Right. So it's 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 these 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 people these personalities. Uh,
0: Sounds like a seamless chain of emotional back and forths. Yes,
1: it is. Yeah. Okay. It is.
0: When you, uh, I, I have to ask this because I I, I watched you do No Child
1: mm-hmm.
0: last year. Did you ever get confused about which character came next or what? What physicalities you brought and what voices you brought to each of these characters? Did they ever overlap at some
1: point? Uh, they did overlap initially because I would get confused. Am I this person or am I that person right now? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. And the director and I, Anne-Marie Cummings, uh, she's the, she was the director of the play, but she's also yeah. the founder of... Who
0: was our guest last week?
1: Huh? Who was our guest last oh, week? Oh, I love yeah. her. She's she's really quite wonderful. She is. And um, I love the vision for her, for... Reader's Theater of Mm -hmm. Ithaca. Um, But we worked really well together and um, really tried to use uh, flavors. It was more about the flavor of this person, the flavor Mm -hmm. of that person. But I also work with a theory that I teach. I call it the actor's uh, landscape theory. Um, And everybody that we will ever play lives inside of us already okay um we are as and human beings we are capable of 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 every possible act every heinous act every loving act every every act in between
0: we embody the full range of human capability yes, in each one of us
1: in each one of us we've just we just don't know how to access it anymore through social conditioning but i Part of the training that I do is 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 i I consider it re re helping them relearn how mm-hmm. to access every aspect of themselves, mm-hmm. and so basically when these sixteen characters that I play they're all they all live inside of me, mm-hmm. and I figure out who they are based on what the playwright's intention is, and then I tap into those aspects of myself and give them shape give them form give them points of view and over with 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 rehearsal as we call it rehearsal rehearsal. with rehearsal um, they become their own distinct individual and Mm. the conversations begin to flow more freely Um,
0: so you said okay not not to reduce the complexity of this at all Mm -hmm. but if what I'm hearing what I'm thinking is the commonality of the emotions that all of your characters go through is universal, oh, and yeah. the specifics are what you polish up and sharpen up for each different particular character. Grief is grief. Grief is grief. Joy is joy. Yeah. Uh, 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 sexual arousal is. Can you yeah. tell I'm taking a Meisner course at the moment? Oh, yes, I can. Yeah, there and we go. I
1: I teach Meisner, and so yeah. That's yeah. that's that's the nut of it, okay. and um, but the, this show would become a very long show if I if I started to <laughs> go into uh, all of the details of, of the way we explore those those sure. characters. Another show. Yeah, another
0: well, one. The last thing I want to touch on um, your social justice work. You founded yes. Performing Arts for Social Change. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, strategic <laughs> element of the Center for Transformative Action at mm-hmm. Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um how did that come about? I mean, what what kind of work do you do and uh, what have you done?
1: Um I I'd actually say I've been doing this since I was a child in a way. Uh I just didn't think of it that way, but my my younger brother is mentally challenged and I didn't like the way he was being taught in school. Mm. So, uh now was about oh gosh, maybe I was about 13, 14 years old. But we started playing school. so it was that role play yeah. that started in order to help my brothers, you know uh, hi, uh, uh, um, give him a more useful education sure. in my opinion, as a fourteen year old and all my wisdom. Um, but um, I did some work with the Urban League um, in New York City. And I would work with uh, underfunded schools in New York City, bringing arts, uh, volunteering oftentimes to bring arts program. It wasn't until 2007 that one of my students at Ithaca College said, Cynthia, you do this work out of pocket. You just, you know, you run yourself ragged. You're always going out and you're doing this work. Why don't you form something where people can volunteer to help you do the work, Mm -hmm. and you can actually um, have an organization that people know how to contact if they want the work that you do to come into their area. The work I do is primarily about giving voice to people who feel disenfranchised, people who feel like their voice is not heard and they have a story to tell. And generally, all of those stories are real stories based on the events in the participants' lives. I often will work with community members and have them do the performances. It's not about bringing actors in. Every now and again, for uh, reasons of anonymity, we will, I will bring actors in, but they will do the interviews, much like Anna DeVere. Uh, They will do the interviews and then we craft the play around those literal interviews. I don't go in and just do AIDS education or I don't just go in and do a specific Mm -hmm. topic. It's whatever that community wants to have to voice. For instance, when I was working with the high school students here in Ithaca when they were going through the racial unrest and they did the lockdown at the high school here, um, Mm -hmm. I worked with GIAC with some of the students and that's how we, Came up with voice suspended, and I actually had the students who were going through a lot of these incidents. They performed the piece okay. around the yeah. city, so for the most part, that's what I do. Um, I did a did some work with a new roots school here on Clinton Street around women's issues. I I did a piece with uh, Lehman Alternative School around students with disabilities living in a world that was created for and by the, the able bodied. Right. So we create these pieces to speak out and hopefully uh, at least one or two people in the audience will rethink how they view that particular group yeah. or they will step forward and, and want to get involved with fixing the situation that this group finds themselves in. Okay. so. That's the type of work I do with uh, Performing Arts for Social Change. And oftentimes, I, I'm i simply contacted by an organization. And we work out the parameters of how to get myself or a group of people together who will work on this project with them. I usually tend to go in. And I'm still very hands-on in the organization.
0: Mm-hmm. How would somebody contact you if you, they were interested in participating or uh, um, working with Performing Arts for Social Change.
1: Um, they could send us an email, for social change at gmail.com. Yes, that's a long that's a, email uh, address. It's
0: okay, it's specific, Or though.
1: yes, it is. Or they can go to our website, pa the number four sc uh, dot com mm-hmm. and uh, hit our um, contact us section. Or they can just contact me also at Ithaca College, C Henderson at ithaca.edu. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Okay, quickly, when is Fires in the Mirror run? How can people get tickets and all good stuff about logistics?
1: Um, They can, okay, the show opens October 3rd and runs through October 12th. They can go up to Ithaca College or call the Ithaca College Department of Theater Arts um, and either reserve tickets. Right now, we're revamping our ticket center, Mm -hmm. so we're not taking credit cards right now, so you can either pay cash or write a check, but you do have to go in person to the box office and pay for your ticket right now. Sounds good. Runs
0: from the 3rd to the 12th. Ithaca College, uh, is at the Clark Theater?
1: It's in the Clark Theater. I love that theater. Yeah, it's my favorite theater to direct in. I love that space. Excellent.
0: Cynthia Henderson, this has been absolutely fascinating and wonderful having you here. And uh, we're looking forward to Fires in the Mirror and whatever else you're coming up with.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.